Health Naturally is the program for our sponsor, Dennis Stewart's New Lambton Herbal Medicine Centre. Dennis, we're starting off with Anthony, who's rung in on that number from Mayfield. And Anthony, you've got a question about medicinal cannabis resin. Hi, Mr Stewart. Hello, Anthony. Yes, I rang you, I think it was two or three weeks ago. Yes. I don't, I don't have a question. I've got a bit of a report to give. Mm-hmm. Um, I read between the lines. I listened to what you said um, about it being, you know, just a medicine. Um, gee, if they've got you on, on, on morphine, if they've got you on opium, basically, and, you know, a bit of cannabis, what's what's the joint <laughs> now? Well, I, I've... Um, I've been to, if you're, if you're a special case, as you remember, I had my face crushed by falling rock whilst bushwalking, and I can't take synthetics. Um, so they uh, accepted me on the program. If, if you're a special case, through the government, um, you, you can, they will make the medicinal cannabis residents available to you. Okay, Anthony, Dennis, you might have a comment on medicinal cannabis there. Yes, look, I think we've discussed this topic with this gentleman and others um, over the years. Um, Most listeners would know that I support a sensible legalised use of of cannabis. It was used previously in in medicine and is is defined in the British Pharmaceutical Codex. Um, So there's no doubt that it has had a medical history. And I will be glad, and I have said this before, I will be glad when the trials that are presently underway and are seemingly looking favourable, when those trials are completed and medical practitioners and pharmacists will be able to offer uh, those considered to be um, likely to benefit from the preparation, offer it to them without all the qualms and hoo-ha that there presently is. Thank you. Thanks for your call, Anthony. And, uh, well, uh, Dennis, you would like to mention one or two examples I would, you've got. I would, Jane. Look, um, over, the, uh, well, over the months, if not over the years, one of the most popular uh, properties or one of the most popular products that we've mentioned is, of course, uh, curcumin, which is uh, around in nearly every health food store or nearly every pharmacy. And, uh, look, there is no doubt that it is making its name as a useful um, anti-inflammatory agent. Not for all cases, but certainly for the milder forms of arthritic pain, etc., it's useful. But I've said before, Jane, on this program that I worry about the escalating price of many natural medications. I know that many people, pensioners and others, have difficulty purchasing many of these sophisticated preparations, even of things like curcumin, What I am finding, and this is fascinating, I'm finding from reliable patients that present, one of whom uh, presented yesterday, that using the actual herb turmeric from which curcumin is extracted, using turmeric, the actual herb, which is a very, very cheap herb to purchase from supermarkets, from health food stores, just as the crude herb, the powder, that using a heap teaspoonful of turmeric powder with a with a pinch of black pepper a couple of times a day is giving to some of these patients a very useful and competitive benefit bypassing the more expensive isolate curcumin using the herb in which curcumin is found 
and using it admittedly in substantial levels, i.e. a teaspoonful a couple of times a day, but for these patients for whom the purchase of more sophisticated preparations of curcumin would be difficult, using this more economical way um, is seemingly giving them some good results. So I think I thought it would be worthwhile passing it on to listeners, particularly for those that are on budgets that can't afford uh, natural medications, the majority of which are not on the PBS scheme. If you want to harness the potential benefits of curcumin in perhaps a simpler form, just get hold of some of the powdered herb turmeric. A, a, a touch of black pepper with it to, to make it um, more assimilable and give that a go, a couple of teaspoonfuls daily. Jane, I'm getting quite a few patients and clients. If, in fact, I think a couple of weeks ago, one lady rang up and mentioned that even her GP had suggested that she try uh, turmeric. Uh, turmeric, let me emphasise, is the herb. Curcumin is one of the chemical constituents in the herb which is isolated from the herb and considered to be the major anti-inflammatory and analgesic agent. But what I need to say is that it has frequently been found that using a herb um, from which the extract has been taken, using the herb, one can get a lot of the other lesser constituents working with the major constituent to give an effect very competitive with the isolate at a much cheaper price. This is known as, as galenical pharmacy, using the whole herb rather than an isolate. And I worry a little bit about the way in which some herbs are being reduced down to a single isolate when all my career I've preached the usefulness of the crude galenical preparation, as it's known, which contains the major active, but which is surrounded by lesser actives. Put them together and you get a synergism which can frequently give you as good a result as the main isolate which has been converted into a tablet or a pill. For those listeners out there who are on budgets and have heard me talk about curcumin, remember, curcumin is a constituent in turmeric, and turmeric is purchasable in powder form very, very cheaply. A teaspoonful a couple of times a day is worthwhile giving a go to see if you can get the curcumin effect. Not only that, but it's good time for curries, isn't it? How about that, Jane? And you're talking to a favoured uh, person here when you talk about curries. <laughs> Preaching to the converted. Mm, absolutely. And uh, Sue's rung in from curry, uh, curry, curry, in fact, and, and it's a herb uvausi. Uvausi. <laughs> okay, Sue, what's your question of Dennis? Hi, Dennis. How Hello, are you going? I'm very well, Sue. How are you? Good. Yeah. I have actually got interstitial cystitis. Yes. And I've tried everything. Yes. Um, and a customer told me to try Uva Ursi. Yes. But I'm a little bit sceptical. Okay. I worry okay. about side effects and that. Okay. Uva Ursi, as we call it, is best referred to as, as a urinary tract antiseptic remedy yep. that in the past was very popular for addressing most, most forms of cystitis. Yep. Um, it is particularly useful for where uh, patients get recurrent urinary tract infections, and I know you've got interstitial cystitis, which is a little bit different, but yep. Uvaersi, usually in conjunction with a South African herb called Buku, B-U-C-H-U, has proven to be one of the most important remedies and safe remedies for addressing 
many urinary tract pathologies. Mm-hmm. Now, um, I have never had any problems using it. It belongs to a family that is fairly innocuous, a group of herbs. Yeah. Um, the best way of using it uh, is to use it as what the Europeans would refer to as irrigation therapy. Now, <laughs> what this basically means is using the herb preferably as a tea. All right, yeah. It doesn't necessarily mean to say you have to use it as a tea, but in the British Pharmaceutical Codex, which is one of the references that I draw on frequently, you'll find that what was called infusion of uva ursi was a popular preparation, and that is a water-based preparation where the herb is converted into a convenient herbal tea. And I'm a great fan of using herbs in their simplest form. And Uvaeusi was used in the context of what the Europeans call irrigation therapy as a water-based preparation to help address uh, any pathology in the urinary system. And the good thing about it is it is not likely to clash with any medication that your good GP or urologist may have prescribed for you. I, w- I would be confident that it would give you some benefit what preparation are you presently using, Sue? Oh, I'm just on um, normal drugs from the doctor and that, yeah, painkillers, yeah, you name it, I'm on it. Okay. Um, I've tried every treatment. You want antibiotics or anything like that? No, no. no. Okay. Well, look, it's worthwhile giving a go. Um, with your condition, which is more characterised by colicky, spasmodic, uh, painful syndromes, yep. I'm going to say something here that might um, sound a little bit... Um, left field but you might benefit you might benefit from the relaxant effects of a herb called cramp bark yep now cramp bark is botanically known as viburnum opulus and in herbal medicine particularly of the anglo-american school it's a very prominent remedy that is used for spasm and colicky conditions associated with most of the organ systems of the body I use it popularly for for dealing with things like very distressing dysmenorrhea or painful periods. I use it for the colic associated with um, menstruation and and, um, ovulation. It might be useful to append to a tea of uveosi, a preparation based on cramp bark. Now, what you can do with that, you're at Curry, you can go to Sully Bowen's practice uh, up in, in, in Cessnock, which is just up the road from you in Cumberland Street. Yep. They stock everything that I have and are a great practice for sourcing the things that I mentioned. They would have cramp bark in an extract form mm-hmm. and you should also be able to source Uveursi in some form from them as well. Yep. If I was in your situation, knowing something about the wretched nature of this distressing condition, I would try that combination, Uveursi, uh, reinforced by a, a medicinal dose of, of cramp bark. Okay, yeah. Sounds good. Okay. Okay, thanks very much for your call, Sue. And we'll move over to Valentine now. And Judith, who's rung in on 49216216, you've got a problem with your scalp, yes? Uh, yes, Jane. Um, Dennis, I have spoken to you before. Yes. I have the seborrheic glands. Yes. Excess on the scalp. Seborrheic dermatitis, isn't yes. it? Yes, yes, that's it. yes, yes. And you told me about the shampoo, which yes. I've, I've got. Yes. But is there anything that I can put on to leave overnight? Uh, look, there. Going to help. Yes, there, there is. In fact, there is a, a preparation that's it's not that well known. There is a preparation put out by some of the Indian herbal manufacturers, 
and it's a preparation based on the Indian herb known as Eclipta alba, E-C-L-I-P-T-A, Eclipta alba. In, in, I mentioned it occasionally on this program. It's known as Bringaraj in, in Sanskrit, and I always uh, uh, amuse my lovely Indian colleagues, particularly when I go to Melbourne to Ayurvedic conferences, when I try to pronounce that word. I'm no, I'm no Sanskrit scholar, but I have lectured on, on Ayurveda, and uh, I, I love my Indian colleagues uh, when I go down there, and take, they take the mickey out of me. But Eclipta alba, known as Bringaraj, is one of the most popular remedies used in Ayurvedic medicine for addressing uh, hair loss, seborrheic dermatitis, uh, scalp conditions that are characterised by itch, etc. Now, it's not a very popular preparation, but um, uh, you would be able to procure a preparation based on it from my rooms at New Lambton. There is both a shampoo and an oil that incorporates Bring Garage. I would be happy to recommend it to you. It's not, a, it's not a product that you would easily get elsewhere, but it's worthwhile giving a go. It's very, very inexpensive. I mean inexpensive, which, as you know, is one of my missions to bring natural medicine back to reality cost-wise. Mm-hmm. So if you get a chance, um, get down to my rooms in New Lambton and um, give the product a go. Okay. So just tell the girls it's in my scalp. I'm, I'm going back to my rooms after the program, and uh, I'll inform the staff there of what we've spoken about and so the product will be there for yourself or anyone else that's interested in addressing that problem of um, seborrheic dermatitis other things like hair loss psoriasis etc and we have now karen who's rung in from soldiers point and uh, comment on turmeric and it's something about an allergy karen is that right yeah i'm just wanted to follow up on what he was saying about it being an anti-inflammatory i'm allergic to aspirin and yes. uh, salicylates, so yes, yes. I can't use those sorts of, of medications, of but to have an anti-inflammatory would be good. Um, so I was curious whether okay. I, it would be safe for me to use turmeric. Let me explain it to you, Karen. Uh, aspirin is aspirin, and it's really a sophisticated product uh, based on a substance known as salicylic acid. Yeah, which, I'm allergic to that, yeah. Which is found in the herb willow bark. Yep. So um, many people are allergic to aspirin-based products um, and certainly uh, you'd be unwise uh, to, to, to challenge that. But turmeric uh, is a herb quite different to willow bark. In fact, turmeric is somewhat of a spice and, right, okay. uh, and one finds turmeric uh, in, in, uh, in things like such as curry. Now, turmeric um, contains an active principle that's not a salicylate the active principle here is called curcumin. Right. And it, it has some useful, mild, mild, but useful anti-inflammatory possibilities. Uh, have you eaten curry? Oh, occasionally a mild curry. Okay. It's unlikely, therefore, uh, that turmeric would upset you because if you've eaten turmeric and you haven't reacted to it allergically, it's unlikely that you would do so because, right. again, I come back to the point that the chemistry of aspirin is entirely different to the chemistry of turmeric. Yep. And in that case, if I was in your situation, I'd be giving it a go. Okay, yep. Yeah, that's what I was curious about. I wasn't sure about the chemistry and whether, because, you know, I, I knew about willow bark and I knew about uh, salicylates and that. And I, so, yeah, so I needed to find out about it before I gave it a try. Are you on anything presently, Karen? 
Yeah, I'm on, on um, opiates, which I don't like. Yes, so okay. I'd rather try something different. Yes. And that's only because of the, the allergy. Sure. sure. I well, can't. Look, what, what, yeah. you, what you should do, we, we had a, an, a caller on this program a number of weeks ago. I'm pretty sure Jane was with me on that occasion where the lady indicated that her GP had in fact prescribed um, turmeric in some form to her and she in fact was so uh, you know, elated with the result because that was able, I think, at least to lessen her dosage of the opiates if not get her off it altogether. Yeah. Why not run it past your GP who was your prime carer? Why not run it past him? so that he can monitor uh, your, your reaction or your improvement. I think it would be the right thing to do. Um, let him know what you intend to do so that he can put it on his record and note the progress or otherwise from it. Yeah, OK, it's worth trying. Good. Yeah. Good. Thanks for your call, Karen, and good luck with that. Um, Craig has rung in from Glendale now and uh, a little bit of change of subject here. We've got some indeed, high blood pressure, Craig. Hello, G'day, Craig. Dennis. Hello, Craig. How are you? Good, 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 good. good. Now, um, I'm on. I've been on medication for a while. Yes. Um, Covram, ten by ten. Yes, I know it. Uh, yes. Yeah. Now I've updated that one in the morning, one at night. Now my blood pressure still runs. Used to run about 120 over 160. Yes, over 100, 120 over 60. No, no, the other way round. 120 over 160, or 160 over 120. Okay, okay. You frightened me there for a moment, Craig. You frightened me there. Oh, frightened me. (laughs) Uh, So um, now I've got it. We've got it down to a point. Now I've I've given up smoking. Good. Right, I don't smoke anymore. Good. I hardly drink. I'm lucky to have one beer a week with a glass of wine. Good. Right. There's not much more left in life, but still, to annoy the wife. Right, but um, I'm finding that I'm finding that the medication that uh, that taking. I know there's a heap out there to bring my blood pressure down. Now I'm still finding it's running about 138 over um, 88. Is that right? Yep. Right. You're you're, uh, you're monitoring it, are you, Craig? Oh yes, yes. Good, I've got good. A, well done. Yes. Well done. I've, I've got a blood pressure machine. I went out and bought one um, because I'm finding the. Um, <clears throat> The, uh, it affects nearly every part of my body, the uh, blood pressure. Yes, of course. And now, I want to know, is there anything out there naturally that I can take to um, to help get the blood pressure down further? Anything you do with reference to your blood pressure must always be run past your GP because, as you would appreciate, blood pressure is a, is a subtle and, and deadly problem. So anything yeah. I'm going to say now um, would... Uh, be, I'm sure, concurred with by your GP. The first thing with reference to high blood pressure, as you would probably have been told, is to do simple things, for instance, like cut salt out of your diet. That's principle number one. If you, ha- if you haven't done that, do it, because salt uh, does cause moderate elevation of the blood pressure, and if you're a heavy salt user, it could contribute to your problem. Salt causes the body to hang on to fluid, Fluid puts a load on the heart and pushes blood pressure up. So the first thing I would do is suggest that you do that if you haven't already done it. The second thing uh, is a little bit more controversial, but I largely subscribe to it myself 
because my uh, inheritance is one of blood pressure. My father, in fact, died of, of heart disease, and my blood pressure has always been something that I have to watch, and like you, I monitor it. My wife thinks I'm obsessive, but I monitor it. Um, and, but what I have found, and in my reading uh, has confirmed this, that a reduction in the level of animal protein, particularly red meat, has demonstrated some usefulness as a contributor to lowering of blood pressure. Now, I know this is controversial, but I have recently uh, read a, a book which I've mentioned on this program in which the good doctor that wrote it spoke about some lifestyle changes that he made, even with reference to his type 2 diabetes. And one of those was, interestingly, um, the curtailment almost, if not the serious reduction, in, in animal protein, particularly red meat. Now, that might sound surprising, but one of the first books that I ever read many, many years ago was written uh, by a chap called Ralph Berker, who was a radical uh, European uh, medical practitioner who at the end of the 19th century, early 20th century, uh, developed uh, a vegetarian lifestyle and formed the Berker Benner Clinics, which still exist in Switzerland, based on his ideas. And he was very strong on the fact that a lot of problems in Western countries was related to too high an ingestion of red meat and his vegetarian program. And I'm not a vegetarian, but my point is a significant, a significant reduction in red meat is something which, in my opinion, has a lot going for it, even a couple of days a week. This might sound even more radical. A couple of days a week, even going vegan, which means a couple of days a week eating only vegetable protein. That is more than anything has helped um, my type 2 diabetic condition. I know we're not talking about that, but I'm just mentioning that to you. Now, the third thing is, the third thing, and again, your GP would not take any issue with this. There are a couple of little things that seem to have a good basis to being used as part of assisting your doctor to manage your BP, and that is the using of good garlic preparations. Good garlic preparations, your health food store would know what I'm talking about. Garlic in a sophisticated medicinal form can, over a period of time, do simple things like, for instance, helping, mildly helping, uh, bring your blood pressure down a bit. On its own, it will not do it, but in conjunction with prescribed medication, it can assist and perhaps stop uh, more medication being prescribed, and it will also, over time, have an effect on your cholesterol level. They're the sorts of things that I'd recommend to you. And Sue's rung in from Hamilton, and uh, it's uh, cystitis you're interested in, Sue. Uh, well, actually, I was listening to a previous caller who also had a lovely name of Sue, <laughs> and she was suffering from interstitial cystitis, the same as my mother had for approximately three years. She was under two urologists. Neither seemed to be able to uh, alleviate the problem. They could put a Band-Aid fix on it by, I think they only flushed the bladder, mm -hmm. things like that. Um, we were able to see photos of how bad and angry and red it actually was. Sure, sure. Uh, she was in a terrible way, and this lasted for approximately three years before anybody really examined her diet. Mm. Uh, Mum, being of the old school where 
sugar was very, very bad, uh, you had artificial sweetener all the time in tea and coffee. And mum and dad were pretty uh, avid tea and coffee drinkers. Mm. When uh, the diet was looked at, poor old mum had to cut out her favourite white wine, Mm -hmm. but the artificial sweetener uh, was a thing that they were horrified that she had and had been having for about 10 years or more. Mm. Once she cut out that, any fruit juices, her white wine, vitamin C that she would take thinking she was lacking in, uh, she slowly got to improve bit by bit. And I think it possibly could have had a lot to do with the artificial sweetener, the juice and the wine mostly. Look, I, I'm, I'm open to that interpretation, Sue. As, as you know, the, some of the artificial sweeteners have got uh, some controversial uh, chemistry associated with them. That's all that I will say at this stage for obvious reasons. Um, yep. <laughs> I, I, I much prefer people, if they're going to use a sweetener, to use something like good old Australian honey. Um, yes. I think that's a, a better way of, um, of handling the... Um, situation i have no problem um accepting the fact that dietary change yes, and and, yes. and uh, the cutting out of any of those contentious things might be of some use that's um, right so i don't I, know I, I i'd say it. that sue probably has tried it i mean when you yeah, get to the yeah. point where you've had it for a long time sure. you do get desperate but i i just thought i'd mention that in case it wasn't an avenue that she had tried yet because i know how terrible and Delimitating uh, it, it is. is. Poor old mum was in a shocking way yeah. for three years, look, so it, it, it can it, be terrible. And look, I really appreciate you ringing in, Sue. That's one of the good things about this program that listeners who have experienced problems that we've spoken about have frequently had a benefit that they want to pass on. Last week, we had a lady who rang up about fibre and gave to listeners the particular blend of fibre that she was using. And that that, uh, assisted a lot of people, some of whom, uh, even this week in my rooms, rang up to see if they could get the combination of fibre that that lady mentioned. What you've done today is make us alert as to the possibilities that irritants in our diet... Uh, passing through the urinary system may in some cases stimulate a lot of inflammatory activity that causes the sort of symptoms associated with this. So we appreciate that. One of the things perhaps I should have mentioned um, to listeners also is that there's a pretty good argument even here, a pretty good argument to use something like the cranberry because cranberry is more than just uh, a natural antiseptic agent. It's an astringent agent, and I don't want to elaborate on what that word means, but what essentially it does is tend to work against inflammatory activity. And with mum's condition, there was obviously a lot of inflammatory condition. So for the previous uh, caller that I was talking to about um, interstitial cystitis, where we mentioned the combination of uvaosi and I suggested some cramp bark, to that listener, as well as to other listeners, don't overlook the benefits associated with with cranberry uh, by virtue not so much of its potential antimicrobial effect but because it contains a significant astringent action which frequently lessens inflammatory phenomena on many mucous membranes. Thank you, Sue. That's great to hear from you. It's 8 to 1 and Health Naturally on 2NURFM. And Donna, who's been waiting for a while, your topic today is Crohn's disease. Yes, that's correct. Hello, Donna. 
Hi, how are you going? I'm well indeed. That's good. Um, I was diagnosed about two and a half years ago with Crohn's. Yes, no problem. Um, yes. After um, my husband passed away, so it was a very stressful situation. Yes. So um, now what I'm finding is that I get, I've got a lot of bloating. I've just kept putting on weight. Yes. So I don't know what I'm doing wrong. Okay. Are you mainly concerned about the bloating with with your with your Crohn's disease? Obviously, you're being tr you're being treated by your 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 doctor or your um, even your gastroenterologist. Yes, I'm so, on purinethanol. Okay, because with Crohn's disease, as you know, it's a very nasty disease, and you don't fiddle around with it. Um, for, as far as bloating is concerned, what I would suggest you do. And again, run this past your GP, and I'm sure there'll be no problem with this because he might think it's rather simplistic, but it's not. The Europeans use the herb chamomile as, yep. one, as one of the most important remedies to address some of the functional systems, uh, so functional diseases of the gastrointestinal tract, including things such as bloating and, uh, and burping and allergenicity. Um, I would be suggesting that you purchase a good quality, uh, in this case, a capsule or extract of, ger yep. of German chamomile, and, yep. take, and take that uh, in conjunction, say, with some good quality um, peppermint tea. Yep, I drink a lot of peppermint tea, well, actually. If you blend chamomile in the form that I've spoken with peppermint tea, you may well find a reduction in the bloating situation. The three herbs that are most popularly used in, in uh, European medical herbalism, in Europe, uh, remember, a lot of herbal medicine is practised by medical practitioners. The three herbs that come up all the time are peppermint, chamomile, and the other herb is lemon balm. If any of those uh, herbs can be used or uh, get access to them, particularly the first two, I'd be surprised, Sue, if you didn't get some benefit in addressing the bloating situation. Fantastic. Thank you, Donna, and good luck with that. And uh, I think this will be our last call for today. Rodney has rung in from Glendale. and anti Hello, Rodney. Anticoagulants are on your mind? That's correct, yes. How Hello. are you, Donna? I'm well, Rodney. How are you? Not too bad. Um, I've been on anticoagulants now since 1999. Yes. All sorts, all forms. Uh, I've had Fragman, Claxane, Warfarin. Now I'm on Zarelto. Yes. I'm just wondering if there's a uh, herbal form that is available that I could take instead of taking um, all these uh, mean drugs, I call them. Rodney, what I would say is uh, you're alive. And even though the medication you're taking you might have problems with, it's probably keeping you alive. I would suggest you stay with what you're doing, mate. As far as I'm aware, there is nothing in natural medicine that offers the protection of the substances that you've been using. You stay with what you're doing. All right, eh? Okay. So thanks for your question, Rodney. Um, it's certainly is often the case, isn't it? It we've, is indeed. It is indeed. Now, we've got just one minute left, One Dennis. minute left. One minute left. We've talked about turmeric as yeah. being... Well, I hope, I hope listeners got my message from that. I'm sure they did. That don't just see curcumin as the only way to get the benefit that turmeric has. Remember, and I emphasise this again, frequently a herb 
containing a major active chemical surrounded by lesser active chemicals will do as good a job as the isolate, not always but frequently, and I quoted, and I mentioned this finally, of a couple of patients, one of whom was in my rooms as late as yesterday, who confirmed again the benefit of taking a heaped teaspoonful just of the herb turmeric with a touch of black pepper to it to make it assimilable. And that gentleman, who's very close to me, I know him well, um, he's a very honest man, a very ethical man, he is getting great results using the herb turmeric rather than more expensive curcumin preparations. Excellent. And that's uh, Health Naturally Good for program, today. Jane. Good program, Thank you, Dennis. Thank you. And we'll be back. We won't be back next Friday because I will be you're away going to have Friday. a day off. I'm going to have a day off. In the son. sun. Okay. <laughs> and uh, we will see, talk to you again uh, after that Friday, after the midday news on 2NURFM. Thanks for listening to this podcast from 2NURFM at the University of Newcastle. Topics range from gardening to health, well-being, pet care, finance, business and travel. You'll find them all at 2NURFM.com.